So we're continuing the series that we started just a few weeks ago called Apocalypse, a new perspective. You know, we've had so many changes in 2020 that um, I, just, I just felt like that this was a, a spirit-inspired direction to go for us as a church to get our minds around what the Bible teaches about the apocalypse. Um, how, how many of you believe... I'll give you a new way to answer, okay? Because before COVID, we used to say amen. How many of you know this is the new way to say amen? Everybody, everybody, everybody show me. You know how to, everybody give me a thumbs up. This is how you say amen now, right? Or raise your hand and say amen. So how many of you believe that God knows the future? Give me the, if you're online, just, you can do it too. Give us a little thumbs up. You believe God knows the future, right? How many of you believe that God knew in January of 2020 that in March, COVID-19 would, would kind of shut our country down. You believe that? Everybody believes that? Sure. Well, would it be a stretch of your imagination then to believe that, that God knowing the future would have done some things and said some things to us to prepare us for what he knew was coming, but we didn't know was coming? Do you believe that's possible? Okay, so what I did is I went back to January and I said, all right, what was it that God was putting on our heart to talk about in January and how might that have been preparing us for what we're facing now? Let me tell you what we were talking about in January. That's like 100 years ago, remember? Remember, here's what we were talking about. We were talking about how, you know, everybody has a New Year's resolution and we're starting the new year and this is going to be the best year of your life, you know, all that. <laughs> you know, not really. But that's what we're talking about. And we said, we're not just starting a new year, we're starting a new decade. You remember that? We're starting a new decade. And so what we, what we talked about is, what was life like 10 years ago, so that we might kind of get our brain around what might life be like 10 years from now. And here's what we said, that uh, 10 years ago, iPads and Venmo and Uber were just hitting the market. If you took a selfie 10 years ago, you had to take it with a digital camera looking in the mirror. Remember that? Right? And all the cameras were in the mirror except for, unless you could do, you know, hold your hand way out and cut your hand off. And um, 10 years ago, most of us didn't know what a meme was. How many of you know what a meme is? Everybody knows what a meme is now? Yeah, all right, all right. We didn't know what a meme was. And we were asking, what will life be like 10 years from now? And then, bam, COVID hit. And it just blew everything, you know, to pieces. January, <laughs> such simple times, you know. We were worried about what was going to happen in the decade. I bet none of us imagined what was going to be happening the rest of the year, let alone the decade. I bet you can't even remember what your New Year's resolution was. If you made one, I bet you don't even know what it was. Because, you know, it don't matter now, right? But here's what else we were talking about. We were talking about the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. Now, why does that matter now? It matters now because God knows the future. And God, knowing the future, led us to the Lord's Prayer. And the reason the Lord's Prayer matters is because the Lord's Prayer is an apocalyptic prayer. Now follow me, it's an apocalypse prayer. I'm going I'm to show you how that works. We said last week, the apocalypse, apocalypse means to uncover, to reveal, and to make visible. So it's like the curtains being opened back and we can see not only earth, but how heaven is touching earth. We can see that heaven is interfering with earth. Heaven is injecting itself and, and breaking into earth. 
And so last week, we, we, we talked about in this series a new perspective on apocalypse. In other words, it's not all zombies and goblins and weird moons and, you know, all of that. The apocalypse is something other than that. And we talked about last week how God apocalypses himself. He reveals himself in dreams and visions. Well, I want to say to you today, God also reveals himself in prayer. And he reveals himself through prayer. And so we're going to look at the prayer that Jesus gave us to pray. And look at today, Matthew 6, verse 10. Here's the apocalypse part. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in other words, God Pull the curtains back. Let heaven touch earth. Let things happen on earth the same way that they happened in heaven. Let let that revelation come to the earth. And the reason that that's important is what we're actually praying is a revelation of the kingdom. And we're praying for things to go back to the way they were at the Garden of Eden. See, we actually have a clear picture of what heaven on earth looks like. We have a clear picture of what the kingdom of God manifesting itself in earth looks like. It looks like the Garden of Eden. Do you know that every writer in the New Testament actually, or I'm sorry, in the entire Bible actually references the Garden of Eden? In one way or another, every writer. Why? Because that's our picture of what it looks like when heaven touches earth. It's our picture of what it looks like when God's kingdom rule and reign happens perfectly on the earth. It looks like Eden. So here's what the Lord's Prayer is. The Lord's Prayer, I want you to think about it like this. It is, let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In each of these areas we're about to pray about. So when you pray the Lord's Prayer, what you're saying is, God, let your will be done here, and let your will be done here, and let your will be done here, and we know what that's going to look like when it happens, because it's going to look like Eden. It's going to look like an outbreak of the Garden of Eden. So before we look at those areas of the Lord's Prayer, uh, let's just ask one question that you might have asked. You might not have asked it out loud, but you might have said it in, uh, in your heart. And that question is this, hey, if... Um, If it's God's will for something to happen, why do we have to pray about it? Why doesn't it just happen? Doesn't God always get his way? Well, I'm going to summarize a whole lot of theology in a very short answer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know... All the reasons why, but let me tell you what I do know. For some reason or another, God has involved us in the in the applying and the doing of his will on earth. Some reason or another, he's decided that. And some reason or another, God has tied the things that he wants done on earth to our lives. And so here's what I do know. When we pray God's will to be done, his will is done more. When we don't pray for God's will to be done, his will is done less. That's what I know for sure. 
So without getting into a long discourse to answer that question, I think it's very important that we pray the Lord's Prayer because His will will not completely be done without our prayer. Or why else would Jesus waste His time and ours to tell us, pray, your will be done if it's going to be done anyway? Because it's not fully complete without our prayer. So let's look at the part of the Lord's Prayer. When you and I are praying the Lord's Prayer, what are we actually praying? Number one, we're praying for God's will to be done in our needs. Now, as Americans, most of us can't remember a time we were hungry because we didn't have anything to eat. We might can remember we're hungry because we forgot to eat lunch or something like that, but because we physically had no access to food anywhere. Most of us can't even remember a time like that, but we have gotten a little you know, sample of it recently because uh, with COVID-19 disrupting everything, we've been in the stores probably dozens of times and the shelf is empty for the thing we were looking for. It's not there. Isn't that a little bit weird for us Americans? We go into a store and we go, usually there's a hundred of them and now there's zero of them. And I don't know why everybody bought, you're not eating toilet paper, but I don't know what everybody was doing with it, but all the toilet paper was gone forever. I don't know why. I understand why the soap was gone. I don't understand that one. But it was a little bit eerie for us to go, uh-oh, there's a need that I can't meet, right? And it's a little bit eerie. You go to um, a store, and maybe the store's closed, or the hours have changed, or you try to go in. We went to try to go to a store yesterday, and it was, it was cash only. Another store was closed because their computers were broke down for some reason. So the disruption has caused us to kind of taste this. And the storm, you know, the, the tropical storm that came through this week. I mean, with a lot of trees down, a lot of power outages. Our power was out almost from 1 o'clock in the morning almost to the next night. So we went to a drive-thru. It was like, we're going to have to grab some food. By the way, half of you went too, and half Alabaster apparently went. Half of Shelby County went because we went to the drive-thru, and they were jammed. How many of you, how many of you have that? They were on fire. And we got there, we went, man, this is tough for even Chick-fil-A. You know what I'm saying? This is, like, this is a lot, even for the best of the best. We get through the line, and they're like out of menu items. And you go, that's weird. Like that feels really, really, really weird to us to, to have a need that we can't meet. Um, Matthew 6.11 says it like this. Give us today our daily bread. Now, you and I, as we've said, probably haven't experienced physical hunger, but we still have needs. And maybe the point of this prayer is not just, is the need met or not? Maybe the point of this prayer is that we have a need at all. Now, what do I I mean by that? That we have a need at all. Have you ever wondered um, why we have to sleep a third of our life? Eight out of every 24 hours. You know, God made it that way, right? God made your body, so he made it that way. Why do we have to sleep eight out of every 24 hours? Why can't we just sleep eight hours once a week? I'd like that better. I feel like we get more done. Or once a month, right? Why why do we have to drink water so often? I mean, if you'll dehydrate in a few days and die if you don't have water. If you want to go down to oxygen, a few minutes, that's all you get. 
You'll die without oxygen. We are an incredibly needy people. Why do we have so many needs? And maybe that's the point here. It's not so much that the needs are met, but that the needs are present and they have to be met. So when you and I pray, your will be done in my needs, what you're actually saying is, God, reveal yourself, apocalypse yourself in my needs. I am a needy person. Apocalypse yourself in my needs. Show yourself, reveal yourself, show me how much I need you. And maybe our physical needs are really just an opportunity for us to realize our greatest need, and that is to depend on God. Maybe it's actually good for us sometimes to not have every need met all the time because it suffocates our real need, which is our need for God. So number two, we're also praying when we pray the Lord's Prayer for God's will to be done in our relationships. Look at this one. uh, And forgive us our debts, verse 12 says, as we have forgiven our debtors. Forgive our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. So what we're saying is, God, forgive me for the evil things that I have done, even as I forgive those who have done evil things against me. What we're doing when we pray this is we're confronting the brokenness that's inside of us, and we're being reminded that we need forgiveness, that we have been forgiven, and we need forgiveness now. By the way, you and I never outgrow forgiveness, right? You don't mature out of it. You don't become Christian enough that you don't, you can't read enough of the Bible that you don't need forgiveness anymore. You don't outgrow God's grace. That's a good thing to remember. We need God's grace. We, this kind of builds on the last one. We are in need today of God's grace. Let me tell you the greatest revelation of God. Are you ready? The greatest revelation of God that he's ever given you. Here it is, the greatest apocalypse God has ever given you. It's that he's forgiven you. That's the greatest revelation you and I have ever had and ever will have. And that's why communion is such a powerful symbol. We come back to that table, we take that cup, we take that bread, and we say, God, what have you done for me? What you have done for me is monumental. You have lifted a burden off my life. I could never have moved. The greatest apocalypse of God to your life is that he has forgiven you. And that is the foundation. That truth is the foundation for the second part of this prayer. And that is that we, we pray that God would help us to forgive those who've hurt us. Isn't it interesting? that? In, so Jesus like wrote this prayer, right? He spoke this prayer. And I want you to think about this for a minute. In the whole prayer, in the whole prayer, there's only one part of it that has to do with relationships. There's no other part. So so you say, okay, if Jesus is going to give us relationship counseling, what does Jesus have to say about relationships? You would think he could give us techniques on better communication. Man, I'm for that. I mean, you can just go down the list on anger management, you, all the things, right? Uh, speak less, you know, listen more, all the little tips and tricks, right? All of them are important. I'm for all of them. But Jesus only had one thing to teach us to pray about relationships in this prayer, and here's what it has to do with forgiveness. Think about that for a minute. The greatest relational need that you and I have is to be forgiven 
and to forgive those who wound us. That's the greatest need we have. The greatest thing Jesus could give us to pray about relationships is forgiveness. Man, in this, in this jacked up, tense environment, do you need forgiveness? Do you need the grace of God to move its way into your life today and wash away some stuff? Do you need to be forgiven? Do you need, is there somebody in your life, do you find yourself on edge? Man, we were pulling through the drive through the night of the storm, and, and uh, it was backed up two streets over from the drive through and this big, you know, four-door truck with big tires, you know, taller than my head's coming out. And they got tired of waiting, and so they honk, you know. And I'm in the thing, and I'm like, guy, I waited from the red light up the hill to get in here, and everything in me, you know, throw your hands, you want to honk back and say, hey, I got the right of way. Which is what me and my son both said. <laughs> hey! All he can see is this. <laughs> everything in you wants to, doesn't it? But you're like, I don't know how long they waited there, you know. You want to make fun of his truck. You know, there's all kinds of things you could do there. In this environment, like we're sitting on a, on a powder keg. People are just blowing up. And people do things they would normally do, and maybe some of that's even happened in your home or family. Man, I just think when God turned us toward the Lord's Prayer in January, He was trying to say, what you're actually going to need a lot of this year is, Lord, help me forgive those who act in ways against me that hurt me. Because I'm going to need that. I, like, I'm going to need that this year. I believe God knew the future, and I believe he was trying to tell us something. Number three, last one. We're praying for God's will to be done in life struggles. You know, this is the hardest part, I think, of the Lord's Prayer to translate and to understand. Lord, help us in our struggles. Help us in life struggles. Matthew 6.13 says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Why, why would we pray for God to not do something he wasn't going to do anyway? God doesn't lead you into temptation. He doesn't, he doesn't lead you into doing evil. <laughs> you know, hey, look, over, look at this over here. This is awesome. Nah, sorry, it'll wreck your life. I was just kidding. God, that's not, that's not how God works. Part of this prayer... This part of the prayer falls under the life is complicated category. So let me summarize a great bit of theology and a great amount of, I think, biblical teaching. God won't tempt you, but he will test you. Satan won't test you, but he will tempt you. And you and I will tempt ourselves. Sometimes... We do wrong things, and the devil's not even close by. He just says, you're doing a good job. I'll stay out of the way. Sometimes we do wrong things because our own lust or our own pride or our own anger or our own fear just tempts us. And so what are you praying? 
What are you praying when you pray this prayer? Here's what you're praying. Listen, you're saying, God, when you test me, apocalypse yourself to me. God, in the middle of the test, reveal yourself to me. God, in the middle of satanic temptation, pull the curtain back and let me see you. Watch this. And God, when I am tempted out of my own brokenness, would you reveal yourself in the middle of that? When my own lust or my own pride or my own fear leads me towards something that's evil, God, would you reveal yourself to me in that moment? God, that's messy, isn't it? Because we either think it's good or bad, it's evil, and God's not there, or he's all there. We have holy moments or unholy moments. We don't have both. What if you said, God, I need you in the middle of my unholy moments? Ooh, that's a great prayer to pray. Because God wants to be right there. He wants to be right there. He wants to apocalypse himself to you right in the middle of your worst moments. So the greatest physical need you and I have is our basic necessities of life. The greatest relational need we have is forgiveness. The greatest spiritual need we have is for God's will to be done in the middle of life's struggle. So, so let's kind of um, wrap this up. Rather than thinking about the apocalypse as zombies and weird moons and grilled cheeses with a saint's face on it or, you know, even the end times... What if we thought about the apocalypse in terms of the apocalyptic things Jesus gave us to pray? Watch this. Our needs, our relationships, and victory in the middle of our struggles. God's will be done in the middle of our struggles. What if we thought about the apocalypse like that? That's what Jesus gave us to pray. So I wonder where you are today. Would you just stand with me this morning? If you're online, our prayer team is there with you. And they're, they're ready to pray for you. They've been praying for you all morning, really. Would you just close your eyes for a moment? Let's just, let's just give God a minute. You know what I mean? Man, life is, life is like a pressure cooker right now. Let's just slow down and wait for a minute. Give God an opportunity to speak, to move, to bless, to give grace, to forgive. Every eye closed, just open your heart. If you're in the room this morning and you say, you know what, in the basic necessities of life, I need God to reveal himself. Can I just tell you, I, I, I just ran into somebody in the grocery store this week who's been furloughed because of COVID, lost his job, struggling to find another job. That's one of the basic necessities of life. If you're online watching this morning, if you, if you have a need, you just, just put that need. I, I, I need God 
I need a job. Wherever, whatever the need is, you just post the need. Our prayer team is going to meet you right there as we pray in a moment. If you're in the room and you say, I need God to reveal himself in the basic necessities of my life, would you just lift your hand and say, pray for me today. I need, I'm asking God. My raised hand is my way of asking God. Thank you. I see your hands. Maybe today you say, I need God to reveal himself in a relationship. Maybe it's your relationship with him. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's a child, teenager, friend, co-worker, employer, employee. There's a relationship that matters to God in your life. And you say, God, there's some issues here. God, I'm asking you to reveal yourself in this relationship. Would you lift your hand and say, that's... That's me today. I want you to pray today. Let's take that to the throne. Let's ask God for his will to be done. Let's ask for the Garden of Eden to be manifest in that relationship. And then maybe, maybe you say, you know what? Life is just complicated. Man, most of us could probably say that somehow. Life is just complicated. God, I need your will to be done in this complicated situation that I'm in. Would you just lift your hand and say, man, that's, that's definitely me. God, let your will be done in this complicated time. Let's just pray together this morning. If you're online, our prayer team's there praying with you now. Lord Jesus, we just pray for every person who lifted their hand, who commented today online. God, we pray your spirit, your presence, would would wrap your comforting arms around that person's need. And Lord, we pray today that you would manifest the kingdom of God. We pray that you'd pull the curtain back and we pray there'd be a revelation of God on the scene. Lord, we pray that your will would be done. And we do believe today as we pray, your will will come into action. Your will will begin to manifest itself. Your will is moving and advancing now as we pray. So we pray for forgiveness. Lord, that we are forgiven. Come on, reach out and ask him. Lord, I I need forgiveness. Forgive me. Help me to forgive. God, just move today. Lord, do what only you can do in this moment. God, I pray in this complicated mess on him, let your will be done. Lord, these basic necessities, call out your need. God, I need healing. I need a job. God, I need resources. I need supply. I need wisdom to know what to do. I have a lot of decisions. God, we manifest your will, your kingdom right now, Lord. We're praying what you taught us to pray. So God, we ask you, have your way now. Have your way now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our worship team is coming.